Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back or welcome to Behind the Girl Boss. I'm your host Amanda and if you didn't know anything about me already, my name is Amanda. I'm a 22-year-old content creator from Montreal, Canada. I go to school full-time at Concordia University studying communication studies. I also have a part-time job while doing YouTube, Instagram, this podcast. I own two companies, one being an apparel brand and one being a candle company. And I also do freelance video editing on the side. That's a little bit about me. Now this podcast, like it's called Behind the Girl Boss, I like to discuss things, business lifestyle, behind the scenes of social media, how people grew their businesses, how people grew their social media platforms and things as such. So honestly, before we get into like this episode, I am currently eating a mint chocolate, like chocolate bar. And I'm like, really? Like, I know you guys can't actually answer me, but please like DM me on Instagram at behind the girl boss and let me know. Do you guys like mint chocolate, like mint chocolate ice cream mint chocolate, like chocolate bars or whatever? Because so many people make fun of me because they say it tastes bad. Like my boyfriend literally tells me it tastes like toothpaste, but like I am obsessed and I love mint chocolate. So I need to know if I'm, if like, I need to know if I'm like the only one that feels that way because like literally I'm obsessed. Like anytime we go to an ice cream place or anywhere that has like a mint chocolate flavor, you bet I'm going to try that. So I really want to know um, if I'm the only one that feels that way or if there's other people that like are on the mint chocolate like rave team like I am like I'm obsessed but yeah DM me and let me know so I can feel less alone but today's podcast episode we have another guest and her name is Jada Jones. Jada is a lifestyle youtuber and she has quite a few different type of videos that she posts so she has some vlogs in there she has some singing videos in there she has some self-growth and manifestation videos in there but she is so cool she's about to hit 18,000 on YouTube which is crazy and being an 18 year old and doing all the things that she's done so far in her life was just mind blowing and so inspiring to me. And honestly, our conversation was so good. I loved her vibe, I loved her energy, and I really, really loved this episode. So if you guys are interested in learning about YouTube, podcasting, hearing about what it was like living in New York City, her future goals, and so many more things, this episode is for you and I really do hope you enjoy and I hope you keep on listening. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today we have Jada with us. So hi Jada. Hello, thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Um, do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So I am 18 years old. First of all, my name is Jada Jones. I am 18 <laughs> years old. Um, I live in North Carolina supposed to be in New York City, but COVID and craziness going on and now just thinking about relocating and all this stuff, literally just so much going on, but you guys know that, I don't have to tell you that. And yeah, so I graduated from my performing arts high school a year early to pursue my performing arts career. I'm a dancer, singer, actor. I literally do everything. So if you ask, do you do this? The answer is probably yes. I'm also a YouTuber, <laughs> social media content creator. Um, yeah, all the things. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. So before we kind of dive into like the interview part, I like to do a little hot seat segment to kind of like break the ice Yay. a bit and stuff. Of course. So what would you say or where would you say is your dream travel destination? Ooh, especially as of recently, you know how you just have like baby fever. I like travel fever. So like I just want to <laughs> go everywhere right now, but I feel like that's everyone's case. Um, I, I 
don't know. I feel like my dream destination probably has to be somewhere really tropical, whether that's like Fiji or like Bora Bora or like Bali, something like that. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I've been to Asia a couple of times before because I'm Malaysian Chinese. So I'm always in Singapore, Malaysia area, but I want to go to other places and just explore that as well. So yeah. That's so cool. What is your go-to meal? Oh my God, pasta. <laughs> pasta or yeah, ramen. Same. It's all the nudes. It's all the nudes. It's so great. I love like, it, it depends. I have like such an intense side when there's literally no Italian in me, but I have <laughs> such a noodle side. I don't know what it is. It's that or like tacos. That's it. Like I could eat those two things for the rest of my life. I don't know. But yes, that is definitely my that. go-to meal. I yes. feel that. Yes. Um, And the last one is one of my- I'm going to repeat that. One makeup product you can't live without. One makeup product that I can't live without. It's like, do you want like a specific thing or like just like a general like I guess like, like that yeah, general. Okay, so general, I feel, mm, I feel mascara just because like I want my eyes, like my eyes are always like, I just love when my eyes have that look when I have mascara on, mm-hmm. it just like brightens up the entire thing, you know? Um, That's a hard one. But yeah, I feel like I can always just like grow my eyebrows out or like, you know, or like clear my skin so that I don't need concealer. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But, and, but I'm also like torn between blush because blush is something that I also can't live without. Cause I'm like, it just gives you such a youthful look, you know, but I'm like, yeah. I can run around for a couple times and get some blush on, you know? So that, that mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's mascara. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to start off with talking about a bit, a bit about your YouTube. So when did you start posting on YouTube and what made you want to create a channel? Alrighty. So I started YouTube in December of 2015. So this December, oh, my AC just popped on. Okay, okay. great. Um, let's see. So yeah, I started creating videos in December 2015. So that will be five years this December, which is literally crazy. I can't really fathom that. But yeah, so that's when I started creating. So I was young. I was in middle school. So I literally just picked up a camera. I was going through a rough time like just with a lot of things going on and just kind of growing up and feeling kind of lonely and just I don't know it's I feel like every single YouTuber said that though they're like I was going through such a hard time and like that's why I started but you know I feel kind of the same way like it was just a really weird creative time and I was like I want to be different I want to do something that no one else has really tried to do especially at my age so I was like I should try this. I mean, now, nowadays, everyone's starting a channel every other Mm -hmm. day, you know, so it's one of those things. But yeah, I really did just start because I'm a very creative person. Like I said at the beginning, I do a little bit of everything. So I was like, why not just dive into one more thing? And it really stuck with me. And like, I still do it today, like really, really consistently. And now that I'm out of high school, it's really, it's way easier to keep up with. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if someone asks you what your channel is all about, what do you say? That's a hard one. But I usually have to answer that question pretty often because I get it pretty often. So I'm like, I really need to patent down this answer. But I would say a lot of, I mean, I just generalize it and just say lifestyle for the most part, but Mm -hmm. definitely I try and just keep it as real and raw as possible. And that just kind of deals with every single part of my life, whether that's vlogging and like my moving process to New York City, like I've vlogged all of that. Um, I also just kind of dabble in a little bit of everything, like, especially as of recently, especially, um, a lot of my followers have been like, please start including more of your performing arts life. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not even doing that right now. Like I'm stuck in my house, but if you guys want like singing videos or whatever, and then I posted one singing video and I was like, oh, like that kind of popped off. Like, wow. Okay, cool. So I think I'm literally filming another one today. So it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know, I dabble in a little bit of everything because I can. And I, and I think that. That's just 
you know, I think that's cool that I get to do a little bit of everything, whether that's lifestyle advice, Mm -hmm. you know, vlogging, like literally anything, beauty, fashion. So yeah, not really anything specific, but a little bit of everything. Yeah, I personally feel like it's, it's kind of like, it kind of leads into my next question. Like there's a big debate about picking a specific like niche and everything. So like, Mm -hmm. what do you think about that? Because some people say you really have to niche down. Some people say you don't. So like, what's your take on that? I, I used to say like, oh my gosh, like niche, very, very important. And then I kind of transitioned into being like niche, not very important. But now I think I fall in a really middle, like gray area as of literally like all things. But I think especially with niching down, it's important to not restrict yourself to a point where you feel, you know, like you have to stick with one thing and only one thing to grow. Mm -hmm. And also it's important to not be so broad to a point where you don't really have any structure, you know? So I say like my rule of thumb is usually to pick three things. Like if you have three things, great. If you don't, then fine. So for me, my three things would be performing arts, um, personal development and self growth. And then like, um, let's say, uh, (laughs) like just like kind of like my vlogging style, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's just kind of like all that lifestyle stuff. So those are the three things that kind of encompass my channel. And so I encourage a lot of people to pick at least three things, but no more than three, because then it can get kind of all over the place. So I mean, it it would be really cool if you could do like gaming and lifestyle and like a little bit of beauty and fashion, like you never really see that. So when you do something like that, you're creating a whole niche for yourself. And that makes you stand out more than someone who just sticks with like college blogs, you know? Yeah. So I think that it's really cool how people are like, oh, I can do multiple things. Like if you do cooking and gaming at the same time and that's what you roll with, (laughs) then great. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so I kind of stand in a weird ground just because I know what it feels like to be a jack of all trades and do absolutely everything at once and then not really know where I fit in and all this stuff because I mean I'll get bored of lifestyle content so quick and then I'm like okay now I want to like have a baking channel and I'm just like no like like, you know so it's just it's interesting but yeah so I definitely just say to just you know try and pick a few things and then kind of dabble in all Mm -hmm. those areas but keep your core beliefs the same so that your followers will just kind of literally follow you with whatever you do you know yeah for sure so how would you say your content has changed or evolved since your first video until now (laughs) ah that's funny. Um, yeah, it's definitely evolved. Just, I mean, just seeing me as a person just kind of grow up as well on the internet. I mean, I never, I'm really glad actually, like I'm really blessed to actually have had a slower growth of following because I know that that's how I, you know, like that's how I worked for it. And I think it get mm-hmm. like kept me grounded in that sense. I do have a lot of friends that, you know, I was growing up with as well and they like blew up over time. So we're like way faster. Like they started two years later and now they have over like hundreds of thousands of subscribers. So it's really interesting to see that dynamic and, you know, just kind of see like, oh my gosh, like my worth and like this and that, you know, Mm -hmm. but I do think that when I look back at it, I'm just like, I'm glad that I got to grow without the pressure of having like a huge audience, you know? So like, I really do, like, I really am thankful because I think that now that I'm like ready for that, like now I can see see that my channel's starting to snowball a bit and you know I really appreciate that more than just like the big overnight growth and then not knowing what to do with my life type thing so I think I've evolved in a really I guess humble sense like because you know numbers didn't come as fast so with that being said you know if everyone if anyone wants to start a YouTube channel out there it's really important to know that it probably will not come as fast as you think Mm -hmm. it will you know and if you really love it, you'll realize after about a year, like you'll know, you know, because if you're expecting like huge success in one year, it's like, you know, that doesn't happen for everybody. Like, and that's just the reality of it. But the truth is, if you just keep going, you will always grow. That's what I always tell any friends or like anybody who's just starting, um, 
if you're always like, if you're just, you know, just going ahead to start something and just keep going with it, you will always grow. But if you stop where you'll see it halt, you know? So yeah. even if it takes the next 20 years and then you hit a million subscribers, that was 20 years like worth putting into. Like you don't mm -hmm. need to compare David Dobrik's success of like hitting like how many ever million subscribers that he has in like a couple years to your yeah. 1 million in 20 years. That's still growth, you know? And you'll mm -hmm. still end up building a platform either way. So yeah, but that's how kind of my content's changed. I feel like I've stayed the same, like as my own person, but just have mm -hmm. kind of seen myself evolved with like knowing more things and growing up on the internet and knowing how to interact with people and empathizing with people. So yeah. Awesome. So this kind of leads into my next question too. You're basically about to hit 18,000. So that's really cool. I know. <laughs> so close. Um, so you kind of touched upon it, but you said that it was more like of a slow growth. Did you like notice mm -hmm. that when you started posting certain things, that's when like an audience kept like growing a bit or like, was it just like one random video that started getting you more people? Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember my first like viral video that blew up was definitely my, um, uh, summer music playlist, like 2017, like some random <laughs> video that I was like, wait, what? And that was my first time being like, whoa, like I'm seeing numbers and it hit like, what, like 13,000 views, like not even that many, but it was still like whoa, like, that's so cool, yeah. you know, and I was like, wow, like, this can actually happen for me, you know, and I started gaining subscribers so quickly, and then after that, it, like, it died down again, because I'm, once you have that viral video, it'll do well for a hot second, and then after that, it's like, you got to go back to square one and hit the next viral yeah. video, so it's all about that, you know, and after that, I think it took about another year and a half before I had another, like, big hit, and then I had another big hit after that, and then another one, so it, like, after that, it just kept, like, coming on and on and on, so the one thing that I tell people is honestly, don't delete any of your videos unless they're like super embarrassing or like you did something like super wrong in it because like you never know when a video is going to blow up my video that is my most popular video on my channel right now is a how i edit videos on an iphone easy something like that like it was something mm -hmm. that is so searchable so helpful because everyone is now again trying to start youtube channels so yeah i felt that when i created that it was so like right up my alley but it didn't start skyrocketing until like six seven eight months later like it really only became popular this year and I posted it last year summer so it's been a little bit over a year since and it has what over 350,000 views and like you know wow. like so yeah. just so much engagement because everyone's just like oh my god like I need to watch this like see you know and then I rewatch it and I'm like I literally didn't even touch on anything important like I was just like <laughs> yes. going all over the place and then a thumbnail video is my second like most popular video so I mean there are just some videos that are just bound to do more well than others on YouTube mm -hmm. depending on you know how you engage with your following and whatever but for the most part, it's about creating helpful content that you're also passionate about. So I know I wish I had a video on how to start a YouTube channel with my iPhone when I started and yeah. I didn't have that. So I was like, what can I provide to people who are, you know, like wanting to create this, but don't know how, like don't have any gauge as to how to do that, especially on like a phone, you know, because everyone's mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't have a camera. I don't have a laptop. I'm like, I didn't either. Like I literally did this for three years all on my phone, like one man show on a phone, you know? So, I mean, yeah, it was very slow growth, but definitely when those videos started popping off, that's when I saw people kind of bleed into all of my other videos mm -hmm. and the engagement just kind of like stems from there and it keeps going from there. So, yeah. Awesome. So what do you film and edit with now? I currently just bought the Canon M50, which I love a lot. It was this huge debate between me getting the new Sony ZV-1, which is another vlogging camera, same size as the Canon G7X Mark II that everyone knows and loves. Yes. <laughs> um, I was going to get the Sony ZV-1, which is the new like one, and I was so excited to get it. 
but then something happened and it was just this like whole like life crisis thing and I was like oh my god it's like what is going on so I ended up just going and like splurging a bit more money to I won't say splurging I'll say investing because it is an investment um in my business and I was like you know what I just need to go ahead and get this camera like it is more expensive and I'm not really sure what the turnaround would be for it but I, I think it looks better in the long run and if I ever want to like get rid of my, my Canon G7X for whatever reason but like I just didn't see the point in having two vlog cameras when I can just like yeah. invest more money into a DSLR camera and not another lens for the camera so I have the Canon M50 with the normal lens that it comes with which is the 15 35 millimeter lens and then I got the Sigma 16 millimeter 1.4 something like and it's amazing so I have those two lenses and right now like the quality is just like amazing and so I use that and I just use my Canon G7L for other content switched back and forth and then I edit with Fi Final Cut Pro yeah that's what I edit with awesome so where do you also make your thumbnails because I was like looking through your channel and mm -hmm. thumbnails for me is like the hardest part to do I don't know why but yeah where do you uh, make yours it's funny that you say that because literally right after this video, like today I'm just grinding out so much content. I'm filming an updated, like how I make my thumbnails videos. Okay. So <laughs> we'll definitely be filming that soon. I think thumbnails are just so important and they're so mm -hmm. easy to just kind of disregard and be like, yeah, it's a thumbnail. But like, if you think about it, if everyone were to upload 10 minute videos of a black screen, the thumbnail no is going to be which yeah. yeah like no one would just click that so i mean if you upload that and like say like three different creators upload 10 minute videos of a black screen but then the thumbnail is which one you choose to click on it's mm -hmm. all about the thumbnail and it could be the yeah. exact same title like if you did like a day in my life vlog the one that has the better thumbnail and the better title is always going to be the one that gets it mm -hmm. because no one really knows what the video is going to look like because no one's clicked on it yet so it really is it's unfortunate as it sounds it's like you work so hard on the video but your thumbnail can easily like make or break your video yes. and so I always tell people like if anything I will spend two hours on a thumbnail if I have to I will have like 50 freaking options if I have to because you really have to just look at it and be like is this something I'd click on and I always ask myself that because it's just hard because especially if you're just trying to fit in the SEO and like Google whatever recommended and like search bar like you really have to just make everything look as good as possible and if it doesn't look up to the standards of like what someone would normally click on, it's like no one's going to end up clicking on yeah. it, you know? So I use for thumbnails, uh, as of right now, I use Fonto, which is really good. I use Over, Superimpose X, Lightroom for some stuff, Visco for some stuff. Um, and then I use Autodesk Sketchbook on my mom's iPad because I don't have an iPad. I don't feel the need, but I have an iPad to do that on. And then I have Pocket Procreate on my iPhone that I just use occasionally for like moving text and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, so I use all of those apps. I use a ton of apps for thumbnails because again, it's just so important to me. So I use that, but again, I will be filming a whole freaking video on that and that <laughs> should be out like Sunday. So with that being said, there awesome. you go. <laughs> well, this, this podcast episode is going to go up Sunday. So it kind of a Oh, done and done. <laughs> cool. Yes. Um, so growing as a YouTube creator, has this opened any other doors for you in like the online world or job wise? Mm -hmm, for sure. I think that having a YouTube channel is just 
like having another resume on your hands like it's so important to have you know a good looking youtube channel and something that represents you especially you know there's i mean there's a difference between doing it as a hobby and really loving it as a hobby but mm-hmm. at the end of the day youtube is a business and you really have to market yourself as a business and yeah. i think so many people get you know caught up in being like oh like you have to have a million subscribers in order to be really successful on youtube and that's just so far from the truth um i literally make such a good income every single month whether that's from brand deals or like whatever like through instagram and through youtube just from the numbers that i have and people are like how do you do that and it really is just about who you know marketing and but that's like with literally any other industry um i'm also in the acting industry and performing arts industry and it's about who you know it's about who's going to get you that job so same thing with you know just youtube and instagram and all that stuff it's like i've taken it upon myself to network and reach out to higher youtubers that i've looked up to and now they're some of my like best friends because i just like those are the people that i can count on because i know that they've been through it and it's like mentorship but at the same time it's like these are also people that like I can confide in because I know that they understand like what I've been through as well because they've done the same thing and I've watched them grow so it's really nice to be able to I don't know have this professional like resume almost on your hands like it's another marketing tool um with anything you can just kind of show someone your work whether that's your videography skills your editing skills your filming skills your talking skills how you can get a point across um yeah it's really important to just have a good looking youtube channel if this is really you know if this is really what you want to do because yeah. that's how you're essentially going to get noticed that's essentially how brands are going to be you know reaching out to you i was able to work with mazani which is a huge freaking brand with l'oreal for a modeling thing because they just found me through my YouTube channel and now I'm really close with the whole like PR team and everything because you know it's just it literally is about just you know posting videos and making content that's going to represent you in you know a good way you know so yeah they just found me emailed me I thought it was a scam email honestly because I was like (laughs) what I was like there's no way you found my video and they were like yeah like we were watching your curly hair routine and like this and this and this and was like we love your hair we love your look like we want to use you for something and so I was like oh my god so I got to work with them a lot and I have just an excessive amount of products upstairs from them so loved my Mazani team a lot but even that just like just so many other random things it just Mm -hmm. makes you look like you like try because it's like your own thing you know it's a self-produced business so like when you're working on your YouTube channel it shows that you're passionate about something and that you can keep up with something you know so yeah yeah and I also liked what you said about like you don't have to have like certain amount of followers to like be able to make money off of it because people always think that like you need to have at least 50k to start making like a good set amount of money but like I don't Mm -hmm. think that's true I also only have like 6,000 and I've I mean I don't make a sustainable income with it but like I still Mm -hmm. generate money off of it so I think it's important for people to know that for sure for sure like I completely agree there's no there's nothing saying that you can't like if you say you have 10,000 followers, but all 10,000 of those people are engaged consistently. You Mm -hmm. have a business, like you have a whole business. But the thing about that is that you have to be able to compel these people to stay with you and generate your income. Because I think there's this whole article, it's actually called 1000 true fans or 1000 true fans. And it's like this article that talks about all you need in order to be successful is 1000 true fans. Like that's it. Because if you think about it, if these 1000 true fans are consistently the ones who are buying your merch, supporting you, watching your videos consistently, and like, like say every single one of your videos gets a thousand likes, you're done. You're set. Like you completely have a whole thing on your hands, you know, obviously someone who has 1000 followers and like, you know, 1000 likes and all that stuff, their growth is going to be way higher and they're going to start growing faster because you can see that engagement is starting to work Mm -hmm. on them. So it's like, it's so important to just like focus 
you know, not so much on like, oh my God, the gigantic numbers, because you can have a million followers, which I've seen some people have, because say they've grown over the past couple of years, but they like, I don't know, took a break or like did something, like didn't come back, whatever. And they only have like 100 views per video. And I'm like, that's not an engaged following, yeah. but you know, so it's, it, so it just, if the number, as much as it does matter, and as much as we think that it does matter, it honestly just doesn't like you just have to know how to market yourself and reach out to yes. the right people and that's it so yeah yes so now we're gonna dive into your podcast so you're the host of mm-hmm. high key adulting I think that's how you're gonna say it yes um <laughs> what made you want to start a podcast okay so last year I started well uh, not last year end of 2018 that's when I started it so weird because I just took such a long break so it doesn't even make any sense um started end of 2018 I was listening or starting to listen to a lot of podcasts and getting into the whole podcast realm and I was like I love this I was like I should hop on this right now and genuinely I really do believe that if I take the break that I did I like my podcast would just be like shot up like right now I'm doing really well though considering that I've taken that long break but Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have such a popular podcast because at that time it was such an unsaturated platform and right now it's still pretty unsaturated so if everyone like if anyone's listening who wants to start a podcast I say go for it because 10 million creators on YouTube versus 400,000 on you know on podcasting so it's so much easier to go viral and like have a good podcast and also podcasting pays more guys like that's just the <laughs> reality like it really just does um like you know and so it's just so important to just like be you know versatile and I was like I think I should start a podcast whether if it's just you know giving advice whatever um but because I am on the younger side especially you know then like two years ago two years younger I'm just like you know I want to reach out to a teen audience I wanted to brand myself as a teen podcast because I feel like there's not many out there and teens we already have such a short attention span as is I'm like you can't even (laughs) listen to a freaking YouTube video like what makes you think you're gonna listen to a podcast I was like I just want to change this demographic like let's see what I can do and so I started podcasting and then I like frankly I was about to graduate I was like doing so many random things I was like I'm quitting so I just like stopped (laughs) it and then I was like I want to start this back up again. And that was after I graduated, quarantine happened. It's been like a whole year and a half after that. And I was like, I want to start this up again. So I like rebranded, did a new like podcast art, um, already have so many different connections. I was like, this is going to be great. Like I have like a million types of guests that I can have on right now that I'm excited to have on and bring on. And I was like, I think this is going to be good. So I started it and it's booming now. Like it's doing so well. And I'm really glad. I don't think it was more so I was seriously just like so focused on school and so focused on YouTube as is. And I was like, there's no reason to just like dive into another platform that I'm not Mm -hmm. super passionate about yet. And at the time I hated editing podcasts also because I just did too many solo ones and I wasn't like bringing people on and like wanting to bring people on. So I was like, the next time I started up, I want to bring people on. So yeah. Yeah. I see your podcast is like a lot of guests and interviews and stuff. How Mm -hmm. do you go about getting people on your podcast? So goes back to just networking and just knowing who you know, like I'm telling you the most random like, you know, like meetings, you just meet th- that person and you meet their friends and then you can reach out and be like, hey, I had so and so on the podcast already. Like, I think this would be interesting to have you on that whole thing. So it's really just about networking and just propel like propel propel no presenting yourself <laughs> in a really professional way. Like, cause at the end yes. of the day, if you just reach out the worst answer that you're going to get is no, you know, or just mm-hmm. no response at all 
but someone will hit gold. Like someone will most definitely answer you. So with that being said, I just say like, again, if you never ask, the answer will always be no. So yeah. ask, like just keep asking and just keep asking because eventually you'll hit somebody, whether if it's even a smaller YouTuber who's still like doing like literally me, like that's exactly how you reached out to me. You just like professionally emailed me, seemed like a good podcast, but like, you can't just reach out to someone being like, Hey, I want you on my podcast. What do you think? You know, like you really yeah. have to like, you know, if you guys saw, uh, you know, Amanda's uh, email, it was, it was super professional and that's literally how I market myself as well. So making sure to just professionally pitch yourself and like, see how it would be beneficial to both parties. That's it. And like, that's literally it. So, I mean, I, it looks like you know how to do it. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks. I try. Um, <laughs> do you have like a dream guest, like someone that like you really, really want on and like manifest it? Um, I think I'm literally already manifested it because I wanted to have Katie Bellotti on my podcast for so long because she is just someone that I've looked up to for years. And then we like recently became friends and I was like, Katie, we need to do a dating advice podcast and we're recording that next week. So I'm so excited. But yeah, no, she was literally my dream guest like of all time because I was like, I really just want to have her on just to like girl talk and like chat it out. I think it's gonna be a great one. Um, so yeah, she was definitely my dream guest for sure. But if there's someone that like, like celebrity wise or something that I would like to have on, I would love to have a good old T Swifty come on and just, you know, <laughs> talk about her album and stuff. She was always someone that I looked up to younger. And, um, as I was younger, when I was younger, and I don't know, I just like seen her grow and evolve as well. And just like, I just want to ask her and like pick her brain on everything and just be like, how did you do this? You know, like, how did you build this empire and just like do your thing, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, it'd be nice to have her on. That'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of podcasts have like big name celebrities until oh. the call her daddy one with Miley Cyrus. Mm -hmm. So maybe that like will generate celebrities. Exactly. Going on podcast now. <laughs> right. What would you say is one thing you wish you would have known before starting your own podcast? Let me see one thing that I would have known. I'm trying to think like I like as weird as it sounds, I genuinely think that podcasting is one of the easiest things to do. Mm -hmm. So like I felt like as soon as I just started doing it, I just knew what was up. Like it was super easy for me to just like dive right in because I think that's also because I did YouTube, but I wish I would have known like how minimalistic and like how not hardworking it has to be. Like it really is just a fun conversation and just about the conversations you generate because I mean it's all audio based so no one's really like watching your aesthetic and like what's going on so yeah it really is just about compelling your audience with your voice and compelling your audience with your stories and how you're interviewing your guests so I just wish that I knew how simple it was and how I would have kept going after I decided to take that break but I'm glad that I came back afterward like stronger and then feeling actually passionate about it rather than yes. just going about it and just mindlessly doing it so yeah but that being said, I feel like I just like as weird as it sounds, I feel like it was just the easiest thing to start. So I feel like I kind of like as weird as it sounds like knew everything already. Like it was just about like recording, getting the audio into Final Cut Pro, mm -hmm. wherever, editing it, uploading it to Anchor. Super easy. So, yeah. Love that. So I found you from like your New York City vlogs because I'm literally obsessed with New York City. Um, ah. But like <laughs> you had to like leave because of COVID like kind of quickly. Um, do you like live back and forth between them or like what was your plan before COVID happened? Great question. Um, so basically I moved to New York City because of my acting career. I moved there because of mm -hmm. Broadway. Like I do Broadway, I do acting, film and TV, all that kind of stuff. So 
um that was like the whole goal like that's why I was yeah. there and because everything was shut down literally there are no jobs so there were no thousands of dollars per month for rent and it just made no sense so I was like okay um I'm not gonna do this so I went home and I've just been chilling here ever since uh I haven't been back up there since March but now I'm actually reconsidering moving to LA just because I know that film and TV is going to open up faster and my agent's actually out there. So, I mean, I think this would just be a good time. And because I'm already 18 now, like prior to COVID, I was 17. So mm-hmm. living in the city, it was hard for more like regulations and like signing more papers because I was yeah. young and like being on set and it was, it was just a hassle. So I was like, okay, but I originally wanted to move to LA in the first place, like in middle school and high school, that was all I wanted to do was move to LA. That was the whole goal in the first place. But then things changed because I graduated a year early and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm ready to move to LA yet. And mm-hmm. then I just didn't have a car. I was like, I don't want to be that far away from home, like East Coasty gal forever, you know? So yeah. I was like, okay, I'm just going to stay here and dabble in New York. And at the time I didn't even watch any New York vloggers. Like I literally only watched Katie. Like Katie was one of the only people up there at the time. And then um, I became friends with Natalie Barbu. And then after that, like she moved, we moved a day apart. It was so weird, but like we were both from Charlotte and you know, we both moved literally again a day apart and so it just started to feel like oh my god like now I have friends in the city and then I had other friends who you know graduated from my high school who were also living in the city or also doing the acting thing also just you know in the same boat as me essentially and it was so great I loved New York City and I'm so glad that I got the chance to live there because it was just I don't know that was my place like I love New York City so much so because I'm so comfortable with it now and it's just such an easy thing to call home I feel like now since you know everything's going down and now that I'm back home this is just a fat like reset button for me to just be like you know I could move to LA you know so I really just want to dip my toes in the pond over there and just see what's out there Mm -hmm. and if I don't like it then like no big deal I'll go back to New York City but I really want to have the chance to live out there and move out there when I can so yeah, it's been weird, but yeah, no, I have not been back and forth to New York City, um, but LA, I'm, I'm going to actually be, hello, that's not English, I'm going to be taking a trip <laughs> out there at the end of this month, because it's just financially smart for me to go right mm-hmm. now, tickets are so cheap, and I'm not condoning travel in any kind of way, like, you know, but for me, like, I definitely know that right now it's like the cheapest that it will ever be to go out there right now and just like see what's out there, see what neighborhood I could potentially live in, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So that's what I'm going to do and just see what's out there for like a week, stay with a friend that I know that's from here. And that's it. Yeah, it's just going to be one of those things. And then I'm going to come home, quarantine, do the whole thing and then, yeah. and then see from there what I want to do, because I think I want to move beginning of next year. Like I really wanted to move end of this year but I was like there's no reason to rush it like we're already in yeah. what, August September October if I move in October th- like literally Thanksgiving's the next month I'm gonna want to be back home then I would have to fly yeah. back then Christmas I'm just like it makes no sense so mm-hmm. I'd rather just like save a lot of money do a lot of businessy things that I can do while here lots of self-tape auditions that I can do while here just keep up the hustle here and then just move out there at like beginning of next year which will still not fully be open I don't think so yeah that being said I think it's just smart to move probably next year so yeah for sure that's gonna be so fun I'm excited know, I'm for excited. you <laughs> thank you uh, so as a person who kind of experienced living in New York how would you explain the lifestyle there oh that's such a fun one I Honestly, as weird as it sounds, New York feels like a dream to me. Like, it feels like it never happened, as weird as it sounds. I was there for over half a year, cumulatively. Oh, hello. Cumulatively. (laughs) 
I was there for, yeah, a little over half a year, but New York City time goes way faster than normal, regular suburban time, like just like living in the suburbs. So it's so weird because I'm just like, uh, did that ever happen? Like here, I feel like one day is like, or like, no, one day in New York City is like a week here. Like everything that mm -hmm. happens in a week here, like happens in one day in New York City. So I remember like coming home multiple times a day, like going out to X, Y, and Z audition, still having dinner with someone the same night, going to a show that same night, then like walking home at like 2 a.m. And I'm just like, what is going on? You know, like I was just always out and about. And it was just so like, like lively. That's the best way I can mm -hmm. explain it. It was just so hustle, bustle. I didn't really like, honestly, I got soft into hustle culture. I mean, as would yeah. anyone, but some people thrive off of that. Some people will just, you know, crash and burn. And I was in the middle between those two. I felt good to be up there and felt like I had things going for me. And I was, you know, auditioning a ton, having so much on my plate, but it was just one of those things where I'm kind of glad to be home now. Like it really was a blessing, like, you know, in disguise, but yeah, I really am glad that I'm home to be able to reset. And then like New York was just the best. I would not like, it's so great. And just how upsetting it is for it to have gone so South so quickly. Like I literally yeah. left the week before everything turned like right on its head. So I'm glad that I was able to get out like very, very blessed that I had a family to come home to and stay with in mm -hmm. North Carolina. Like this is my, you know, home. So it just makes complete sense to come back. But yeah, New York City was the best. Like everything that you probably love about it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, for anyone who's listening, that's interested in moving to New York, what advice would you give to them? save 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 <laughs> um i don't think you understand how expensive it is like i'm glad that i lived there already so that everywhere else seems cheap to me like mm -hmm. i'm really glad that i did that because now i'm like even la like doesn't seem that expensive to me because it's just like you can get so much more for your money whether that's yeah. rent and like whatever like i did not realize that at all like if you're going to new york city just plan on like oh my gosh like just saving because you will spend a ton on rent, like especially if you're wanting to live in Manhattan or even, I mean, Brooklyn's still expensive, less expensive, but still expensive. And just the cost of living, like taxes are insane. Like I would get a naked juice, like a little, like, you know, like naked juice, like small naked juice from like a corner store after dance. And it was $5. And I was like, what is going on? And I would get it obviously, because I'm like dying at mm -hmm. that point. I'm just like, I need something to drink. But like, I would try as like my hardest to like, not just spend excessively. I'm a really good like spender. Like I, you know, spend wisely and all that kind of stuff. But even then it's like, you can only spend wisely so much. Like you're going to have to spend money, whether if that's, you know, getting from point A to point B, just random things that you don't see coming up. And it's just, it's crazy. So safe. That's the biggest one. <laughs> yes. I'm planning on moving there in two years for like a summer after school, like when oh, I'm done university. So yeah. But like, I was looking at the rent and stuff and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm yeah. saving now because it it's Smart. ridiculous. Like something that I can get, like where I live, I live in Montreal, Canada. So something that mm -hmm. I can get here for like $700 is literally like $3,000 in New York. So it's oh, really yeah, crazy. For sure. I know. It's wild. Like I'm telling you, it's crazy. I've never, like you're literally paying to sleep. Like it, like I, I, I never will understand how, why New York City is so expensive. But right mm -hmm. now, especially rent is at its cheapest. I think I was talking to Brooke um, Michio and she was talking about how, um, rent for three bedroom apartments is like the cheapest right now which that's amazing like so if people yeah. want to move out there now like that might be smart um so yeah I just New York City is just so so expensive I mean and then on top of other things it's just like you're paying for just 
the most random things. Like, you mm -hmm. know, if you have a car up there, there's no reason to have a car up there. So that's another tip. Don't bring a car, just use the subway. Everyone does. Um, you know, and then just like safety and all that stuff. It's just like the like classic normal things, but, and then also study the subway system. I literally learned it on day one. I don't know if I'm just like a fast learner, but I was <laughs> taking it by myself day one. Cause I just had to, but I was never really like scared or anything. I just like hopped on because I was like, I mean, that's what I'm going to have to do. You know, like I yeah. just threw myself into a pond. So I'm glad I did that honestly, because I mean, I stepped so far out of my comfort zone that I'm like, everything's comfortable to me now. Like, like nothing seems too scary. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I can just move to LA. Like, it's never been a thing in my mind where I'm like, oh, that seems scary. You know, like mm -hmm. I just, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to have to do it. So, yeah. I like that, like mentality. It's good <laughs> to like, just throw yourself in sometimes because if you for don't, sure. then you might never will. You're never ready. You are never ready for yeah. anything like that. So just do it. Yes. Um, so the last part of my podcast, I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions and I actually got a lot. So, really? I, picked, so yeah, I picked a few of my favorites. So the first one is what inspires you to create? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've learned that my why for this year definitely has to be human connection. I've just prioritized that so much. And that's why I value DMing. I value voice messaging. So if you guys are one of my followers, like, you know, that I'm always constantly DMing you, voice messaging you, contacting you, seeing how you are, all that kind of stuff. I value that so much. So that always inspires me to keep creating because even if I don't necessarily feel like creating, I know someone out there like is wanting to see my video, like wants that energy to inspire mm -hmm. them, you know, back again. And if I create and like, maybe I'm not necessarily feeling my best, but they watch it and say how much they enjoyed it. That inspires me to keep going. So, yeah. Love that. Um, someone else wants to know, if any, what obstacles have you come across in regards with YouTube? Oh, that's a easy one for me like that. It definitely has to be just like comparison and just like feeling like you're not growing fast enough because, you know, no matter what, at the end of the day, I guess the goal is always to just hire numbers, like numbers, numbers, mm -hmm. numbers. It's always important in everyone's brain. It just isn't my time yet. And I just really need to realize that because when it does come, like I'd rather be ready for it than for it to just smack me in the face yeah. right now. And then I'm just not ready. And like, there's like timing is everything. Like if I would have, like, I think about it, like if I would have gone viral and like hit a million subscribers last year, would I be as happy? Like, you know, like would it have changed mm -hmm. anything? And the answer is literally no. Like, I'm glad that my growth is the way that it's been. So it's just a lot of like self-reminding myself that like you're in the right place right now. Like just keep going with what you're doing. Like you're in a hot spot right now. Like I'm in, I'm yeah. doing very well. So I'm just like, just keep going, just keep doing the thing. And like, yeah, but Gerson has definitely been the hardest thing. So you, like, I feel like that's why all my friends have quit. Like they start, they do like three videos and they're like, I can't do this. Like mm -hmm. they don't realize how much work goes into it. And I'm like, yeah. you just got to stick with it. Like if it's something that you want to do, you've got to stick with it. So yeah. Awesome. Someone else would like to know, how do you get out of a creative rut? <laughs> ah, I think we've all experienced this year. So um, I think for me, it's social media detoxing for sure. Um, like that just gives you a big reset and it really does help you I don't know, regain a sense of what's actually important. So for me, like literally, it's so weird. Like all the questions that you're asking, I'm like, you're hitting it right on the nail because tomorrow is going to be my last day that like today I'm batching a lot of content. And the reason why is because tomorrow I'm going to be editing all that stuff, making sure that it's all finalized. So I have like a week of content prepared for next week. And then after that, I'm taking a social media break next week for mm -hmm. a whole week. Like we'll not be on Instagram, we'll not be on YouTube. We'll only be commenting when my video goes up. And that's it just because I'd like need to engage with people. So yeah, that's it. Like, that's literally it. I just need that so much for myself. And I really do think that even if you just take a week, like even a day or two, like fully, like without your phone, like just nothing, you know what I'm saying? Like it helps so much, like as bored as you think you might be, at least you're like in a, you know, mental conscious state of mind where you're just like, 
oh, like I'm actually like, you know, eating my food or like, I'm actually Mm -hmm. like reading this book, you know, like you're just never really fully aware when you just mindfully scroll. Like I'll just pick up my phone sometimes and it's just for what? Like there was no purpose to pick it up. You're just, you just start scrolling and it's just madness. And I just think I need, like, I just need to get out of that habit. And I think a one week reset will just be really good. Like, honestly, just really good. And then that'll be like a week before I go to LA. So it'll be nice to just get off my phone and be able to just completely be away and then like have something super scary, like come up like in two weeks. So yeah, definitely social media detoxing for sure. Yeah, I think that's super important. Also, people think that like if they take a one week break, like when they come back, like everyone's going to be gone, like they won't have anything Mm -hmm. left. And that's like not true. I actually took like a month break, I think during quarantine. And it was like Mm -hmm. the best thing I've ever done because I came back and it was like, I just felt so much better. So it's really important. For sure. For sure. Like I don't even remember the last time I took like a break break. So I'm just really taking a break, but making sure that I have content to go up because that scares me as well. Like what Mm -hmm. you're saying, like not being able to have anything go up. So I'm always on my stories constantly, like always doing all that stuff. So, I mean, that'll be weird for people to be like, where's your stories? And like, there's none for a week, like that's scary. But at the end of the day, I'm like, well, it works for me to just go Mm -hmm. ahead and just do it. Like cold turkey, just do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so someone asked having multiple streams of income is a great thing. Do you have multiple and can you talk about it? Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, it's really important to just diversify your income, whether that's just getting random streams of whatever you do. So yeah, Mm -hmm. AdSense is one, uh, brand deals is another, um, I sell services for consulting for, you know, something else, like just whether people want to like, you know, invest in their YouTube channel, like start this and this and this. I just uh, released a YouTube, how to start a YouTube channel course, which I actually just postponed like completely because I was like, I'm not in the mental state to be able to teach this right now. Like I'm just not. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm taking the whole social media break and everything. Like it all just kind of weaves in together. So I take on so much as one person. And that's one thing about me that I wish I was like, you know, like take a break, but I'm always just doing the absolute most. So when it comes to that, I'm just like, I want to start a course. I want to do this. I'm starting this business. I'm starting this app like literally so many random things going on in my brain and I'm like girl chill like you know so (laughs) I just like completely had to postpone that course um you know people were already purchasing it and whatever and I was like I'm so sorry like I sent an individual message to each person being like I am so sorry you know but at that point it's like they all understood they were like thank you so much for reaching out to me like I refunded them their money for the time and I was like when I'm ready to teach this again then I will release it again and you guys will have Mm -hmm. access to it. So, you know, it's just like taking on many things at once. Like I just started like Mm -hmm. a videography business. So now I'm like pitching myself out to companies for, you know, making videography things, based things so that they can have a way to promote stuff on social media as this is the one way that they're going to be able to gain clients and gain traction. So that mold like intros and outros, um, before COVID, I was doing print modeling and acting stuff. So I would get paid from that. So just so many random things. Like I'm trying to think, I'm probably missing like five more, like literally, because it's just (laughs) random places of things, you know? Um, And yeah, I mean, I think it's just great to have multiple streams of income for sure. Just, I mean, so that you can have things coming in from all aspects. But yeah, I think, yeah, that's just important. So if you guys are thinking about, you know, starting the podcast, oh, podcasting, that's one. So like money from <laughs> podcasts. Um, so yeah, if you're just thinking about starting something, just start it. Like even if it doesn't make money at the beginning, you'll always find a way to make money off your passions for sure. Love that. And the last one is, do you have any advice for other creators that are trying to pave their way through 
social media? This is a good one too. And I could go on, like, this could be a whole other episode, but I guess to just put it in a nutshell, like really it is just to keep going. Like I'm serious. Like you're the only way you're going to be able to pave this through is to keep going through it. Like, you know, I think there's a quote that's like, if you've reached hell, like keep going through it or something like that. I totally botched (laughs) it, but like something like that. It's like, once you realize that you're in hell, like you have to keep pushing through, you know? So with that being said, it's hard. It's dark. Like, especially the beginning when you're literally just trying to even find your first hundred like followers, supporters, it's, it's hard because you're just new and you're already throwing yourself into this like thing. And especially if you're more in a vulnerable state and don't really know what you're doing, it's more so like, is this even going to be successful? So many people are already bigger on this platform. Like I'm never going to be anywhere that whole type of thing. So stop talking yourself down. Just pick up the camera and do it. Because if you just keep going again, like how I mentioned earlier, like you will continue to see growth, whether if it's slow growth, like I remember gaining like 25 subscribers per month, you know, like let alone, you know, like let alone for the entire freaking next month, you know? And now it's just like, I'm getting that times two every single day. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it really does start snowballing and it starts growing. So I mean, it's nice. It's really nice to be able to see that growth, but you will look back one day and be like, I'm so glad that I started this. So I say, just go for it. And like the way that you pay through it is just to keep making stuff. So keep creating guys. And yeah. I love that. So that's all I have. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Of course. Um, Before we go, do you want to shout out your socials for anyone listening? Yeah, sure. So my Instagram is at Jada Jones with three S's, J-A-D-A-J-O-N-E-S-S-S. And then my YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash Jada Jones, no extra S's. Um, And yeah, that's about it. Oh, podcast, high key adulting. That's it. Yeah. But you already mentioned that. So (laughs) awesome. Well, thank you so much once again. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really do hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a little bit more about Jada if you already know who she was or if you didn't, I really hope that you were inspired and you found another fellow content creator to check out, to support, and to follow her journey. Like I said before, like this conversation was so good. Like I feel like we vibed well and like I just, I loved her energy and her like positivity, just like her vibe. Like, you know, like when you feel someone's energy and like you can feel it through the screen that's literally how i felt but anyways i really enjoyed that episode and i hope you guys did too don't forget to follow jada on her social medias like she mentioned at the end of the episode if you want to follow me please do not be shy my instagrams are at behind the girl boss or at it's amanda Wan. you can also follow me on youtube at it's amanda Wan. you know support the grind support the the journey i don't know i'm, I'm about to hit 6500 soon so it will be really really cool if you guys can go support me over there. So I hope you guys enjoyed it like I said once again. If you did, don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it on. And if it perchance be Apple Podcast, don't forget to leave it a review. It would really mean the entire world to me. Once again, I hope you guys enjoyed this and I will hear you next time.